Welcome to the latest episode of the R. Bill Simmons podcast, the Bill Simmons subreddit podcast. I am Tribe here, and I am joined on this three-man weave with Jokers of Jokers Are Wild. And then we've got Bob Weir of Bob Weir Sex Shorts. So how are you guys doing? Great. Doing great. Doing great. So I think we got to jump right in here. And this was the genesis of us doing the podcast this week was Simmons threw a fucking heater having Damon and Affleck on. Now, you guys know me. I'm highly critical of the 2023 version of Bill Simmons. I think he's lost his fastball. I think um, he's throwing some junk over the plate. But, man, he reared back. He threw 95 on the black this episode. And it was just fantastic. I mean, I loved the conversation. And we're going to get into why we we liked the conversation with these guys. But I did want to start off. We usually do have Pop in the pod uh, as Pop and Jay. But he is doing a fantasy baseball draft tonight, so he can't join. But um, he was he mentioned in our fantasy chat that we have going that basically this was right in Simmons' wheelhouse because he is great at talking to white male celebrities in their fifties, and I, I just thought that was such a perfect description of 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 Simmons. Then you layer on the Boston element, and you know there you go for the perfect pod. So before um, going more into it, how how did you guys feel about this one? Okay, so. It was it was really good though. The episode was very good. Um, we hadn't talked about they hadn't talked about you know Affleck and Damon hadn't been on a pod together, especially with Bill. And uh, regarding that, it's a thing where um, he, I think one of the cool things though was when Damon was talking to you know Bill and saying like you know I heard all this. I heard all this noise about um, and the tabloids and people comparing me to Affleck, you know, and it was a thing where it's like they just needed to drag down Ben in order to make it work with to compare me to him. And it's like, yeah, we're kind of like a package deal in a way. I mean, we're on our separate thing, but it's like to to do that, that's kind of unfair. And I thought that was kind of kind of good. You know, it was a good is it sounded like honest podcasting for the first time in like where Bill interviewed his guest and he was like that can get real answers and it was actually compelling, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's true. It's like, you know yeah. it Damon's had a pretty much spotless record um as a celebrity uh for pretty much his entire career as far as I as far as I remember. I'd say I mean so. he he's made a bad movie here or there, but it's like um he hasn't been like the, he hasn't been in the tabloids, whereas Ben has been like up and down, up and down. And it's one of these things where um, it's it's a it's kind of like yeah, it's like one of them has had their struggles and all that stuff. But in some ways, Ben is kind of like his heights have actually surpassed Damon's in a way. Agree. I would say right now, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I would. Even though his lows have been lower than, you know, Matt, uh, Damon, it's like, it's something where them working on different projects and kind of going their own separate ways, it's kind of good that they're kind of working together because they, as they said, it's like, ah, oh, we're like 50 years old. Like, how long are we going to keep doing this? You know? And that's... Well, and it, 
Well, jokers, I was just actually talking to Tribe while you were dealing with some technical difficulties, but you know, <laughs> like I I mean I knew I knew that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were tight, right? Yeah. But I had no idea that they were like former roommates. I had no idea they had a fucking bank account together, you know, that like that Ben Affleck felt like he made it whenever Matt Damon got into the Bourne trilogy. It's like I had that was to me what was amazing about the pot today. It was just like I had no no clue the depths of that relationship. I guess. Yeah, I mean you could arguably say that Ben had kind of taken the lead on Matt uh for a bit there in the late nineties. And then kind of when the turn of the turn of the century happened it really didn't start looking like Affleck started surpassing Damon until, uh, you know, around when he made Gone Baby Gone. That was his first, like, okay, I'm kind of back here. Because it took me a while to see Gone Baby Gone. I finally got around to it. It's, it's really, it's it's an underrated movie. Like, I don't think it gets talked about enough. It actually is legitimately very good. Don't um, you dare say the town is underrated. <laughs> the town is good. <laughs> It's rated. It's I'm glad rated. they called Bill out for that in the pod. I, I forget who it was. It might have been ah, the town. The town. It's like yeah. How yeah, many times you talking about the, the town? town. Was, like, good, but it wasn't this amazing movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought God Baby Gone was better than the town. That's that's me. Um, but and it's it, you know it is kind of a thing where it's like that was the first time where you knew that they that Affleck could write, but in this case with his directing ability it's like oh he's actually a really good director too you know and he hadn't worked i i I don't have it in front of me but i know that his directorial uh things he's done you know he's done gone baby gone he's done the town he's done um argo what else has he done besides that gone girl his other gone movie did he direct? Well, no, 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 like, no. That, I thought that was Fincher. That wasn't that good. Um, so oh. that air isn't. So air is kind of his comeback, and then a lot of people were saying, "Well, he didn't take that much of a risk, but he did execute it really well," which does does kind of make sense, and that's a good landing for him. But yeah, no, I I agree with you, Jokers. I I think Ben is surpassed Damon, but you know, if anything, it's really close. But I think my theory on why the pod worked so well today. Because I think it's the perfect combination of these two celebrities that they, these guys are just massive celebs, right? You, they're some of the biggest in the planet. They have all the paparazzi. Damon has some, even if it doesn't compare to Affleck. And yet you have Simmons, who is also a celeb in his own right, because he's got $200 million from Spotify. He's yeah, I was, was going to say, who do you think is the richest of the three at this point? Damon. You think it's Damon? I wild guess, but yeah, that would be my wild guess. I mean, but even so, yeah, you jokers, even having to ask that question, it puts Bill in that upper tier with them. But here's why I think the pod really works is because Bill, not being the actor, he's still got that ten percent of him that's like a kid in a candy store, like like so gratified he's able to interview these guys, and I think. Damon and and uh, Affleck both know that too, but they also know that Bill's not there for a gotcha interview. Bill is there because he, he wants a good podcast, but he also wants to shoot the shit with them and kind of act like their friend. And I love the comment in the sub where somebody in response 
they 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 asked um are Damon and Affleck core guys for Simmons and then someone <laughs> responded they are for Simmons but Simmons isn't for them so I thought that was the perfect description of like why the interview works is because Bill's just eager enough to to make sure the podcast is good and look up to those guys and those guys feel just a little bit more confident um, to say what they want in this type of interview than other interviews where there's no gotchas. They just kind of come out with it. Yeah, and like Bob, like, you said, we just got so much more information from these guys than we had anywhere else. I hadn't known this information either. Yeah, it's like level. There's like a level of trust there that a lot of podcasters, a lot of like, you know, celebrities in general, like real celebrities, nothing against Bill Simmons. I mean, he's a success story in his own right. But like, if I ask my, my wife, uh, who's Ben Affleck, who's Matt Damon, who's Bill Simmons without her, you know, if I could pick them out of a, you know, pick them out of a, uh, a lineup, she'd be like, she'd probably be able to pick the first two, but not Bill. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, cause she doesn't know, a lot of people don't know who Bill Simmons is. And so, the important it, part is that Sim, Simmons knows the the important part is Damon and Affleck know that. Yeah, and, I have. Sorry, go go Jokers. Go ahead. No, I was agreeing though. Bob, go ahead. Uh, all right, so I have net worth rankings in front of me right now between the three of them. Do do we have? Uh, do either of you want to make your guesses? One, one, two, three. I'm gonna I'm say worth the lowest. I I'm think good. it's Damon Affleck Simmons. You're saying Damon gonna, Affleck Simmons? I'm, I'm going to say Damon Simmons Affleck. Private Affleck's right. the lowest. Affleck's the lowest. What? I was right. Uh, yes. Okay. In, okay, in okay. Twenty twenty-two dollars. Damon is checking in with one seventy mil. Affleck is checking in with one fifty, and uh, Bill has a clean one hundred million net worth. Hmm. But wait, but he got well. Okay, no, that that two fifty, I guess, is not necessarily. I guess that's not really indicative of whether or not, you know, he's actually getting 250 out of that. So, yeah, he didn't own 100%. Like even HBO made a made an investment and then also I'm sure he gave some equity to the top guys, to the core guys, the ringer. So, and nothing, then also he paid some taxes on that too. Nothing against yeah, nothing against Ben, but it's like he's the one who was divorced here and that's why I was thinking he might be third. So that's why I was like it's like Bill might have him by a little bit, but not by much, but it's like, God, no, he's, he's still way. Oh, Bob, that reminds me. Another fun comment was when they talked about the town budget and Affleck's like, we couldn't fucking get Matt Damon to do the town. (laughs) Suggested that. And then Damon's like, yeah, like I, during that time I was getting pretty much the whole budget or maybe Affleck said that. And the budget was 37 million. So that does make sense. Damon was the, Damon was in the upper echelon of guys after born. And I kind of think he's been a little bit of a disappointment after that. Am I just being a hater? But, like, I don't think he's Brad Pitt tier, and he's definitely not Leo tier, but he maybe was potential Leo tier during the Departed era? My read on on Damon is that he, and I could be wrong, but it seems to me that Damon hasn't been quite as concerned as those other guys you mentioned with, you know, proving his acting chops in his later years. He seems like he's got a lot of his different like charities and like doesn't he have like a, a, a water charity that he's like super involved with i feel like that's that damon has kind of shifted his mo a little bit more from being like uber successful act, actor to like you know but then really but then why take these successful philanthropist 
But then why take these questionable roles like We Bought a Zoo and that shrinking movie? <laughs> I, uh, well, that's I okay. Like I will, that. I will I be a defender of that shrinking movie. That. I, will, I will defend Downsizing. I think Downsizing is pretty good, actually. I think Damon is good at it. We Bought a Zoo, though, I have no words. I, I'm not backing that. <laughs> All right, maybe I need to see Downsizing, then I, have, I, I haven't actually seen it. We Bought a Zoo. Isn't that, um, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, the guy who wrote almost famous that's his that's his name uh what, what what's his name cameron crow cameron crow yeah, oh, yeah 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 so like that's a i think maybe that's why he did it because it's like oh i get to work with cameron crow it's like yeah but sure enough yeah yeah you, you bought a zoo and uh, you know <laughs> it sounds like but he was i love the whole part about him how he was offered the town before ben rewrote it and was like, oh, it was awful. It was awful. And I'm just like, like, wow. A lot of uh, credit to the guy who wrote the original script. He's probably listening. It's like, listen to that podcast, and he's like, well, fuck you, pal. <laughs> like, so, so like, you know, that movie would have been so much better if we'd stuck with my script. <laughs> so, so here's here's my question for you guys: Was The Departed Matt Damon's Apex Mountain? Because I'm looking at his filmography, and after that. The Good Shepherd Follows the Departed. That is the one movie I have walked out of in my life. I thought that was terrible. So that's bad. Ocean's 13, 2007, Born Ultimatum, so that was a good year. But then after that, he's... I mean, maybe you could go 2009 with the Informant and Evictus, but I don't know. I think, I think in 2006, when he was dueling banjos with Leo in The Departed and with Jack... Because the potential when he, when he was in the departed, the potential was he's the next Leo, mm-hmm. and I don't think he quite reached those heights. I don't think he did either. There, I mean, he has some decent. I, I'm a huge Last Duel fan, I'm a huge, huge Last Duel fan. I need I, to see that. I have heard good things. Um, I love The Martian too. I think The Martian is a really good movie, but um, okay, okay, that's no, that's fair, that's fair. But, but then, all but, all to, but to your point though, is I don't think he, you know. The expectations we had for him leaving the department. No, to answer your original question, I don't think he lived up to him. Yeah, because I'll I'll say that the adjustment bureau. I remember seeing that. I don't I don't remember that being that good, but that was one of those movies where, like, I I don't think you can base a movie on Matt Damon. You can on Leo, and I guess you mm-hmm. can base it on Damon in the right spot. Like, yeah. um, but like Elysium was that a huge success? No, yeah. you know. Budget it, 150 I, I had million, box right. office 286 million. Not, not, not great. Happy so Elysium does 286 million. Inception was a huge hit with Leo. A little bit different, but you know what I'm saying. You guys are sleeping on Happy Feet too. <laughs> I forget. You know what's funny about that? Um, uh, the Matt Damon Martian thing. If you mm-hmm. guys did, you guys see Interstellar? I did. Yes. Yeah, and it's so weird that it's like. Damon comes off the set of the Martian in his space costume and he's like, I'm going to go be in this. I'm spoiling like a 10 year old movie, so I don't care. And him being in that movie where it was kind of like, it took me and he's so he's only in it for like 15 minutes, but he's great. Right. Like, that's oh, not, you're right. Yeah. He's so good in that. Yeah. And, and it's like, you forget that. about it and you're like, Oh wait, he's like, he's basically like mentally broken. 
of being alone in space for so long that he just like makes I, I like I didn't feel like he was an evil character and like ha 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 I'm gonna no he was just a desperate guy of like I've been here so long that I've lost my goddamn mind and I need to get out of here as as much as I can like as quickly as possible and he just was like almost like like staying in that water tank when they I guess revived him he stayed in the water tank too long and he was just like you know trying to comprehend everything but it's weird that that came i think those came out those movies came out the same year if not within a year of each other and mm-hmm. uh you know it's just weird that like he at one end he's a lot more positive in the martian and in the other end he's just like just down a down just the abyss you know compared to mcconaughey and uh Hathaway in that movie, you know. Well, but but yeah, but for the for to pull a bill concept, even though I've never watched the rewatchables, I've just seen what the sub said. Who won the movie? McConaughey won the movie. Oh yeah. So Damon is now lower in the pecking order than some of these lead Hollywood guys, and I think that's what he was even referencing, where he he laughed that he couldn't get the money that he used to get for the town, and that was just a recognition that he's not that leading man anymore, which is fine. Because yeah. he is a great success, and he's richer than probably everybody looking at the sub is. Besides, I don't know. Bill I mean, is he, in the, is he in the top fifty actors ever? Apparently I mean, not. Bill. Is he <laughs> yeah, like maybe not? Yeah. It's t- it's tough to make a list like this, but is he in like the top fifty, top hundred actors ever? Probably, yeah. I, I mean, if you're just talking male actors, but in this case, but like, it's. Oh, I have a question. Is he where? Did, is he like an? In on the Mount Rushmore of like supporting actors, is that kind of his legacy? Because uh, I'm looking at his, his like filmography right now, and I'm seeing a couple other movies from the last decade or so that I really liked. For example, True Grit. I fucking love True Grit. But it's Jeff Bridges who owns that movie. It's Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. who won True Grit, not Matt Damon. I don't know. Yeah, I but feel the like Ocean's movies. Like- he the Ocean's movies. Rusty Ryan and George Clooney won those movies. Yeah, here's the thing about supporting actors that, like, if you're on the Mount Rushmore of those, because you you can be so good sometimes that you you uh, own the movie. So it's like to say he's in the Mount Rushmore's supporting actors. I wouldn't even say that because it's a thing where someone like um, someone like okay, here's here's a good example. Um, Kevin Spacey in his heyday when he was John Doe and seven and uh verbal kent which he technically won a supporting actor for and um uh, what uh glenn gary glenn ross like he's technically a supporting actor in those movies and he's like he's kind of taken a lot of focus away from you know certain characters because he's so good in those movies um i'm trying i had another one pit okay so pit pit to me is the ultimate i think I can't remember if it was Bill or somebody else who brought it up, but Brad Pitt is a is a character actor in a leading man's body, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. to me Brad Pitt would probably be in the Mount Rushmore supporting actors because when he actually does, but when he doesn't have to be the leading man, and you could see it in like you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he's not really the leading man, which is overrated. I I really enjoy that movie. <laughs> But his, I don't get it as much as the film people do. I haven't seen it in theaters. Let me see it again. Yeah, but Jokers, I think what you're talking about is like what Bill says. It's the, it, it's when the head coach gets fired, 
and then he drops down to being a coordinator, but he's too good to be a coordinator. That's Brad Pitt when he's a supporting actor. Like very like Brad Pitt really should be the leading guy in every single movie. But when he does drop down to supporting is great. I see Bob's point too, that Matt Damon is the same way. But let let me let me throw something at you guys. He, here's here's where I think the downfall of Matt Damon's career was. In 2010, he makes Green Zone by the same director, Paul Greengrass, as the Bourne movies, and not a hundred million dollar budget, 95 million box office, so total flop. Why didn't he just make a fourth Bourne movie? 2007 was Bourne Ultimatum. Do a Bond play and make another Bourne movie, and I, then he instead didn't do the fourth Bourne movie. He comes back for the fifth. So that was the unforced error. Didn't do a four, didn't do the fourth Bourne movie. Yeah, I love how I love how they were talking about the town, and he's like, they gave the they they gave the the quote Matt Damon role to Jeremy Renner, and then Damon's like, I don't want to do a fourth Bourne movie, so they gave role, not Jason Bourne role, but like the. Um, yeah. To, to to Jeremy Renner, I think that's kind of funny how that worked out. But um, yeah, it is kind of one of these things where Damon Damon dis- eventually did do that for uh, a fourth born movie, and I didn't see it. Did it, did you guys see it? Was it any good? I don't think it was. No. That, I heard it wasn't that good. I have never seen the first born movie. movie. I haven't either, and I feel bad because I heard I heard the first three are good, especially the last one, the third one. And oh, you guys haven't seen any of them? I just never got around to it. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I but yeah, but the that fourth one, or I guess it's Damon's fourth one, apparently isn't very good. And it was it was kind of a pointless, you know, I guess uh, appendix to the the trilogy. But like, well, see, this is kind of the Vin Diesel and Paul Walker where. They, they make – so Vin Diesel makes the first Fast movie, doesn't come back for Too Fast, Too Furious. Paul Walker does. Neither of them come back for the third one. But then they kind of realize, hmm, my career is not really going the way it should be going or I want it to go. Why don't I come back to that series I left behind? And that's Matt Damon. He didn't make the fourth Bourne movie and then he comes back. He, he was too good for the fourth one. And he comes back and makes the fifth one. So that, by definition, is an admission that your career isn't going as well as you wanted to. Same thing that Sam Neill did with Jurassic Park, too, right? You know, he was in the first one, didn't do the second one, never really got another big role again. So he hopped into that terrible third Jurassic Park movie. And that's what does you in, because a lot of times these sequels aren't as good. Now, with Bath, it was different, where people were in on the joke of how hilarious Fast is, because it's not realistic, and it's hilarious Vin talking about his family with bad acting with Paul Walker, but like, Hey, that's, that's the joke. It's funny. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it's like, there's a, there's a schlock, uh, the term is schlock. So there's like a schlockiness to the fast movies where it is kind of enjoyable despite, despite the absurdity of the movies where it's like Jason Bourne, if you have it grounded, you can't really like, you can't just walk away and then when you come back or like, let's do a Fort Bourne movie and expect it to like, I don't, it's, it's the same reason why I never understood. I mean, this is way off topic, but like um, one of the biggest gripes I had um, and maybe it was just me. I thought Toy Story three should have just called it after the third movie. There was no reason to make a fourth movie and apparently they're going to make a fifth movie. And I'm like, no, no there's, there's a lot of reason to make a fourth movie. Money. 
Yeah, I was <laughs> well, just about to say that. I'm like, there's a very clear reason to make a fourth one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, from the and a fifth of, one because Pixar's sucking lately for Disney, and they're cutting five and a half billion a cost. So, and they're probably going to make a Woody movie too, right? Like, eventually. well, Woody's Woody's like. You know, I, I, I eventually watched the fourth. I swore I wouldn't watch the fourth movie, and it was like, I watched it. I'm like, it was, it was fine, but it was like we didn't need it. We didn't need it. You just made it for money, and most of these, all these movies are made for money. But make a good story that makes sense. You know, don't like just release. I've, I've always had this like rule where, if you look up history now, I guess Mad Max Fury Road's the exception, but do you really call that Mad Max Four? Where if you get to the fourth part, fourth movie of a franchise, um, usually it will drop off significantly. Usually, yeah. And it's just like because everything works in threes, you know. So the pirate enjoy going to see John Wick four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we? Um, anything else on the um, the Affleck uh, and Damon Pod before we move on? No, we talked a lot again. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, loved yeah. it. So, yeah, look, yeah. You, you guys know me. I'm, if you don't know by now, I'm Tribe, if you don't know the voices by now. But you guys know me. Like, I am very honest about my assessment of where I think Bill Simmons is. He was exceptional in this podcast. Now, was does he know why the vibe worked? Well, at least according to my theory, probably not. But he he got he probably got the best combo interview of Damon and Affleck we've ever had. So... Kudos to Bill, big fan. He he reared back and threw the 97 mile per hour fastball in the black. Okay, so he, here's wh- what I want to transition to is let's let's stick with recent Bill pods and th- let's go to this Rosillo pod from this past weekend because <laughs> I don't I don't listen to these pods. I don't really know how people do, but you know I've I've initially been in the, a minority of like I'm not really feeling Bill's NBA whole phase. I don't need to listen to this, but. There was universal disgust about this podcast. So I just want to I want to read a couple of comments here and then get you guys to, to respond to it. But the sub fucking hated this. So so one of the guys says one of their worst pods in a while. No conversation. Just both of them saying statements back and forth. Um, one guy goes forth <laughs> of the bill guy, but that was on bill. He obviously didn't tell Rosilla what he planned to talk about. Um, I came away from this pod thinking they're both tired of each other. Another guy says bill has very little to say about his favorite sport. He can only talk about, we're not sure who's winning the title. Offense is better now and teams are scoring more. And Brooke Lopez is better near 15 than the rest of his draft. Another guy says, basically, I'm starting to feel like I'm married to someone I hate. Another guy talks about Rosillo. I wish Rosillo could just make a point and not have a little side debates with himself. Yeah. And then another guy says, brutal pod to listen to. Had it on for 50 minutes, had mostly rubbish takes. So, like, wh- what's going on with the Ryan and Bill pods? Uh, I I want actually, and when you reading those comments, I had an interesting phenomenon that I noted to myself while I was listening to the pod yesterday. With Ryan and Bill, almost always, whenever like Ryan and Bill have like a, you know, they'll have their short little disagreements like on the pod together or, you know, Ryan might give Bill some pushback for being a little bit too much of Bill Simmons. Um, But yesterday I was listening for one of the first times I heard one of those like little, you know, kind of weird moments between them. And I thought to myself, I was like, why is Ryan being an idiot? 
And usually I never, I never have that thought cross my head. But it was when Bill was talking about the whole, like, Brooke Lopez is the best player from the 2008 draft that you would want right now. And somehow, like, the, that concept of who from that draft would you want right now just it made no sense to Ryan. It was like you kept on going like, well, I think I'm, I don't know, Derrick Rose or Westbrook. I'm like, I remember thinking, I was just, bro, get it through your head. He's talking about who would you want right now from that draft, right today. <laughs> to me, yeah, it was- I never have those moments where I'm like saying that to Ryan. I'm usually like yelling that into my earbuds to Bill. And I, I thought that was funny. I just felt like sharing that. Yeah, it was it was bizarre because I was listening to that too. And I was like, like, why is he not able to comprehend what Bill's trying to say here? Even though it is convoluted, it's like he's trying to say like, you know, the players that are still in the league, who's the best player still in the league? There's a lot of 08 players still in the league as he rattled them off. There was, you know, Derek Rose who barely plays on the Knicks. Like I had to look up, he was still playing on the Knicks, but he barely plays. Um, Kevin Love, who zombie heat anyone i mean he hasn't he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire since he's joined miami um and then you know he went down the list of westbrook of course and then he got to brook lopez and it's like yeah brook lopez is just he as the sixers fan here he's the guy i'm scared the most in the playoffs believe it or not I'm scared of Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I'm scared of Giannis too, but I expect to be scared of Giannis. Brooke Lopez is right now like playing. He should be defensive player of the year just because I watched other games with him with the Bucks, and he is just completely not allowing anyone score in the paint right now. Usually when the, the Bucks lost to the Pacers uh, last week, you know, and the, I think part of the reason they lost to the Pacers is because Brooke Lopez didn't play in that game. And <laughs> And I was like, and the way he's able, when he shoots threes, he's way far out. This isn't a guy who's like, oh, I'm going to stand in the corner and shoot threes. Like, he's making threes from like 30 feet away, probably because he's so tall. And it's just like, it's basically like everything that people was, everyone that was talking about Chris Topps Porzingis from like five years ago before he had his knee injury. Like, this is kind of what Brooke Lopez is doing, except he's, not scoring as many points, but he's being as impactful. And so I was like, you know, in that regard, I was talking about, you know, that's what I mean by I'm scared of him the most. So that whole topic was that I I discussed though, like other parts of that entire episode on Monday was just bizarre because they were talking about the scoring, I guess we'll call it inflation, how scoring has gone up a ton Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like one of these things where it it has to do with rule, the rule books too, because you have to remember um, in the last 10 years when scoring started to go up is that they started to, it used to be a thing where anyone got an offensive rebound, uh, the clock would reset to 24 seconds. Well, now it goes to 14. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's going to cause more shots and that's going to cause more points. And then there's more threes. And so now we're getting to a point where Bill and Ryan are discussing the scoring thing and saying, oh, well, it's good that it's, it's impressive that scoring has gone up at a, you know, record high, but at the same time, does it really matter? And I'm like, what do you mean? Does it really matter? It's like, I'm still in the camp of, well, I think 
Michael Jordan is like the greatest basketball player ever. I'm still in that camp. I think this is the deepest that the league's ever been. And I think this is why they need to add two more teams. So Bill and Ryan inventing this idea of like, they sound very old when they said, there's too much scoring in the league. I don't know what to do about it. I like guys like Damian Lillard and Luca and Embiid are scoring over 32 points a game, but it doesn't feel like special. And I'm like, what do you mean? It doesn't feel special. That's like, that's a lot of points. Yeah. And it felt like, and in that regard, I said, if you're going to come, you're going to complain about the scoring, like why wouldn't you complain about like any other statistic involving offense, like, like assists. So it's like, and I said, I'm not, and I'm not, it's like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here and be like, oh, well, they're trying to drag and beads um, scoring, probably eventual scoring title down. But it's like, I don't want to hear that on one hand, you're going to say scoring is like too high. It's not that impressive. And on the other hand, Jokic is averaging a triple double when they kind of go together. Like, and I'm not saying that it, it's it's still impressive that Jokic will will he's very close to averaging a triple double. It's still very impressive he's doing that. Like, my complaints of Jokic, I've said it before. Like, I don't want to make this the Jokic hating thing. It's simply that I think his defensive, you know, stats are very flawed. Like they're brand new and they're very flawed. And you've seen the last two weeks where teams have been attacking him on defense, and he has he's had issues. But um, my the, the but the whole argument like the subtleness of that whole thing of like them kind of tiptoeing around like oh well just because Joel Embiid and Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard are scoring thirty two points thirty three points a game doesn't actually mean it's that impressive I'm like what in the hell are you talking about yeah, like one hundred percent to hate on Embiid hundred yeah it's the same reason like you go back and look at like. Giannis deserves an MVP. He deserves the 2020 MVP. But I, if you really go back to the 2019 season where I never understood like Harden didn't win back-to-back. And I'm not just saying that as a Sixers fan. I, I didn't like it at the time. But Harden scored 36 points a game in 2019 and somehow didn't win MVP. And I'm like, what? He, he scored like – most of the season, Chris Paul was hurt. So he was carrying the offense. It's like how, how much – he's scoring 36 a game – and I don't think anyone was close to him. It's like, how is that not impressive? Even if he's the one-man show. Like, it, to, to just kind of poo-poo it and be like, oh, well, scoring's up, so it's not really that important. And it's like, well, then what is important? How do, we, how, how do we measure this in terms of stats where it's like you're saying it's not important? It's like the, the top guy is the top guy. You know, it doesn't matter. Take it up with Zach Lowe. He's probably the one that influenced people about that. <laughs> I Joker's, feel like we're huh? I was going to say Jokers. I think you touched on something there, though, a little bit that I don't know. I just related to a lot with that pod where it seems like Bill and Ryan are kind of entering their peak old man phase. I I, I have let, definitely let it be known that I'm a huge like college basketball super fan. Definitely, probably more than the NBA. Um, I'm probably a first round draft pick for people excited that Tate is finally back. Uh, and take, they spent take. the last 10 minutes of that pod just shitting on the NCAA tournament. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, here's the greatest sporting event, and it's so much shittier than it used to be. Oh, okay, yeah, like it's 
it's so much longer. And they, they spent like five minutes actually talking about the NCAA tournament. And 50, I don't know what the actual ratio was, but 10 to 15 minutes just shitting on it. Why it's not? Why is it? That it used to be. <laughs> what? Why is it? Why is it longer to them, though? I don't Why are they saying it's longer? Like the the time for like the runtime for the games that I guess they used oh, to be I guess you fucking break, dude. Like like the NBA games aren't longer, right? Well, they yeah. they were they were talking about it probably though that um, within the last ten years they they went from the shot clock went from thirty five to thirty, so there is more possessions. So there's like I my main criticism in college basketball when it's when when it's close it's great, but when you get in a situation towards there's two minutes left and one of the teams is down like 15 points and they're fouling the shit out of the other team. That's where it get, turns into a slog where it just turns into a free throw contest. Okay. And it's Ryan. just, it, it turns, it, turns it, to the next game, turn, it, it, turn TNT to CBS and go to the next game. Yeah. That's, but that's my, yeah, that's my feeling too. It's like, all right, then change it to the other game. If it's, you think the game's over, like occasionally you'll have a huge upset like that, but it's like it, that's where just kind of every last two to three minutes of the game will turn into a slog. So, but <laughs> whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Is that is that it's just not how? New. I mean, yeah, like I think that's what Bob's point is: is why why are you saying this now? The product is not shittier. the The only potential argument that is realistic about the product being shittier is if they're shooting more threes and missing them. But that's just college basketball. I mean, I, I went to a college that had a college basketball team, and I went to those games, and it's hard to get the ball inside, and you miss a lot of threes. That's just the nature of the game. If you want to not watch the greatest tournament in the world, basically, because you're you're getting 30% three-point shooting rather than 35% in the NBA – then you can fuck off and not watch the tournament. Like, like, yeah. like why are they so mad about it? Well, Here's some- I, I think it's, a, it's, I don't know, it's something I get annoyed about by basketball fans in general because it's like, and I, Ryan talks about this a lot, but, you know, NBA fans love to shit on college and college fans love to shit on the NBA. When in the end of the day, like, they're both fucking basketball and the better the NBA looks, the better the college product gets and vice versa the better college product gets the better the nba gets too it's like i don't understand this poo poo on the other product yeah i don't i don't hate college basketball despite that one criticism i just like it gets a little it gets a little tedious at the end but other than that like if it's a close game it's then it's really great you know it's it's like you know next level s tier type of stuff but but in that regard like yeah then this like I don't know how you, especially if you're Ryan, it's like how you're, you're a pro basketball guy. I, part of the reason I watch the tournament too, is like, if I'm, if I know there's prospects there, it's like, I'll, I'll watch them. It's like, well, let's see how good this guy is. So it's like, that's, that's a thing where the tournament kind of, kind of make or break someone's draft stock too, Mm -hmm. or in case, or in case, um, in some cases it freezes it because, you go back to the pandemic year and there's players that looked really good up until the tournament, but they didn't have a tournament. And so guys like Tyrese Halliburton fell to 12 or Tyrese Maxey fell all the way to 21. And it was like, if Kentucky plays in the tournament or Iowa state plays in the tournament, those guys end up probably being top 10 picks, you know? And it's like a thing where um, it, it's a thing where it's like, yeah. And, 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 not to mention, it's like it's it is the cool like how else are you gonna see a team like 
Fairleigh Dickinson, who was a 16 seed, and they beat Purdue, who a lot of people had winning the whole thing. My my, and it's like it, it just to me doesn't make sense. It, it get back to me, Bill, when you have. <laughs> when you have like an eight seed or seven seed in NBA where they end up winning the whole thing, because it's never going to happen at this point. Well, this is, this is why he wants the entertaining as hell tournament, which he doesn't realize there's a much better version of it. Watching March madness. If you're a sports fan and you don't like March madness, you're not a sports fan. You're an NBA hole. That's the only conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy March madness. It's probably the only time I watch college basketball, like more than right. It's like it's, but it's an, it is entertaining. It is so. No, I, I've watched two minutes of college basketball this season prior to March Madness because it was on CBS someday, like after football or something. And that's yeah. fine. I don't need to follow any of the storylines. I even liked Barkley. He was on the one of the shows, and he was saying, "I like admittedly don't watch the. I watch maybe one game of each team." But I'm here to analyze the games going on in progress. I'm not going to be like a Seth Davis. I thought that was respectable. It's and, also a thing, too, where in the NBA, there's only 30 teams. And in college basketball, there's like, I don't even know how many there are in Division One. I. I think it's like at least at least 150, right? There's 350-something. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. yeah. But that's nuts. That's nuts. And it's like, but at that same time, it's like, you know, the product is enjoyable for March Madness because it's a one and done thing. That's why it makes it special. If you did start doing, hey, let's have a best of seven where there's only 16 teams, it's like no one's going to care. Like, yeah. it, because usually it's going to be the top four or five teams that are probably going to win the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got anything else on March Madness, Bob, or moving on to the final brief topic? Um, look out for the Huskies. I think they're taking it. That's all nice. I got. I have I really, all right. Bob's calling the Huskies, but better than Tate, which already is out with Arizona. I got Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga, nice. so overdue. <laughs> all right, so let's finish this up quickly because I know we we, we all got to go soon. So I wanted to, let's finish it off on there is a rewatchables episode. People in the sub were again were not happy with this episode. So it was Adventureland, which I don't know if you guys have seen. I've seen it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. You know, stand, standard kind of fun comedy movie, coming of age, summer movie, whatever. So he only did it with Juliet. Apparently, Sean and CR have said how much they enjoy the movie. I just want to give you guys a couple of comments because this is incredible. This is so someone goes, Simmons is becoming even more dismissive and insular. I don't know what Fennessy did, but he's been off the pod for the last three episodes and worse without him. And now Simmons takes out Ryan, who loves this movie. Then we do that CR apparently took the movie in his 09 movie draft and said it's one of his favorites. Bizarre snub. Another guy goes, I swear I've heard Sean talk about how much he loves his movie on several occasions. What the fuck? And then another guy says, how CR and Sean stay friends with Bill after him not having these two on the episode is beyond me. Just a damn travesty. So... I don't know what the hell is going on at the Ringer headquarters, but apparently Bill pissed off people by not having him on the podcast. You gotta, you have to understand though. Last week, um, probably around the time he was recording, he was going to record this. And while it hasn't been official, Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, so that means most likely the Patriots are going to be in last place next in the in the East next year. So 
he was pretty much in his feelings of just blowing people off and just grabbing the first person he could do the pod with. Wait, 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 wait. You're blaming the New England Patriots for what Sean and Chris Ryan are on the Hell no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just shit talking. <laughs> But wait, way to have group camaraderie. I mean, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe these people commenting on the sub don't know what they're talking about. But, I, I mean, I, I don't do the rewatchables, but I believe people that say that CR and Sean like the movie. Yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how much they like the movie, but yeah, they are, they are the ones on the rewatchables. They, they make the rewatchables the experience it is. So if they love that movie and build and invite them on, that's... That's pretty hilarious and pretty fucking weird. <laughs> I think someone even said that that the amusement park is based on something that Fennessy grew up next to. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, he's, he's, know, a, man. he's the guy from like New York, right? He's from New yeah. York. I think Long Island, Island potentially. Yeah, yeah. Him, I, him, I, he might be Duke for all we know. <laughs> that's why he loves the movie. <laughs> I just got that on the I got that on a delay. Nice. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see if Georgetown can actually rebound. But um, all right. So let's. Anything else here? We got anything else to, to talk about? Or are we pretty much good? A re. Uh, last week you did a rereadables. Um, all right. Let's do that for like four minutes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Br- briefly. Yeah, so I'm I'm starting to do our Bill Sibbins rereadables, which is which has been oh Joker's. It's, do you want to talk about WNBA or do you want to talk about the Simmons one? Which one was the Simmons one? Okay, so we yeah WNBA. No, so the, yeah, so the Simmons rereadables from page two for WNBA. Look, I mean the guy the guy used to actually say what he thinks. I don't think he actually says what he thinks now. So that's that's my biggest gripe with him, and it has been for years. Is that I think ever since. I mean, man, look, look at his, look at his tweets from 2010. He's tweeting about looking at Charlize Theron wanting to take her top off, which is weird because I don't watch movies that way. I'm but sure he, he's tweeting about ESPYs parties and what was it like, like be a be a good looking black athlete and you're gonna get all the women in the world, whatever the, the tweet was. So like that one was that one was, that one was yeah, so out of two fucking Bill Simmons, and he won't say this stuff now. But when I when we I posted the rereadables. That got pretty nice acclaim. People were like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, there were some haters, and some of the stuff probably is a no-go now, but a lot of people said, this is actually accurate, and Simmons should write like this more often, or say stuff, stuff like this more often. I mean, I think that it's a combination, though, of, like, I, I think Bill... I think Bill has, like... Because when he wrote this was probably, what, 15 years ago? At least. 2006, I think, yeah. Okay, so... So of course he he just you know he has a he has a daughter, and so and so I think there's a part of it too where it's like, but then again like when I when I say that, as I say that it's one of these things of he's also he was also married so it's like maybe sports gal doesn't really care like when he when he's like that maybe she's just like yeah sure no you're right and it's like or she doesn't even. You know, it's like, or it's all an act. Who knows? But it's something like you go back and listen, like, um, read some of this old stuff. It's just like, like, wow. 
And it's like the only thing I will say about the WNBA um, that he has said that it's one of the thing where it's like I'm. It's one of these things of I'm glad it exists. This is my personal take. I'm glad it ex- exists, but I'm not going to watch it because I don't really want to. It's and it's okay that the the NBA funds it, and I'm okay with that. It's probably a drop in the bucket compared to. It's like basically they like the NBA will like have the WNBA to basically bring in more revenue for the NBA because if you have women who watch the WNBA, they may also watch the NBA as well. So it's like it, it kind of is a it's a trade off type of thing. So Bill kind of criticizing it of like, yeah, you don't have to watch it, but I'm glad it's there. I'm like one of that. I'm in that camp of like you know. It's 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 a thing where it's like I don't really care about it, but um, in in Bill's case though, like re- with the rereadables, it's like yeah, you know, this is this is kind of like what he's he's written, and sometimes you'll write a take like years ago that you don't necessarily agree with now, but you know, reading that was just like yeah, this is kind of how he was in the book of basketball when he talked about the NBA, WNBA, you know, so. I so wonder too if there's this element where Bill has over time realized the permanence of the internet too. That, you know, maybe he thought that his the things he was saying before wouldn't be how about, quite so caught in a time capsule, I guess. How about how about yeah, this talked about that last pod or two pods ago? But page two Simmons, which is the same time as Mina Kimes article, that was when the internet was still new and we didn't know we could come back to this twenty years later very easily. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Here, here's my question. Um, Tribe, have you ever looked up? I've never looked it up. Have you ever looked up any of uh, Bill's old, old, old stuff from AOL? Or is that like a was that a thing where you need to email? You needed an email, and that was like a newsletter type of thing. There, there's a couple of them floating around, and they're were well, not worse, but they're raunchier for sure than what he wrote at ESPN. Were they at least funny or probably not? Oh, I think they're funny. Yeah. I mean, Bill, yeah, anybody can agree that they're funny. It's just interesting. I, I mean, I'd, I've said this on both iterations of this previous pod, but like, I, it's just he went, he did such a 180. And then, yeah, we're not going to, we won't get to this this time. But one of the, one of the things that McRib Gaming, we did with the re- rereadables in the subreddit, was saying is that basically like Bill, used to have have these takes he starts the ringer and and everybody fucking hates the ringer i remember being on the sub at the time there was one good ringer article which was a joe buck piece by brian curtis and then it it was shocking how bad the ringer was like what are you doing and he was bad too so he just he his brand the brand that he built he turned completely away from Maybe he needed to mature and grow up a little bit, but to do a 180, man, like don't don't do that on us and expect us to keep listening. Although, well, he's always been to the Affleck pod since he left the ESPN. He's been always saying, talking about content, 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 and when he, the problem with content, 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 as I, I said in the group chat, there was that that trailer for that Power Rangers reunion special, and like, and I just said. As someone who watched this as a child, who in the hell is this for at this point? We are 35, <laughs> like, I am almost 35 years old. This I'm going to be 35 at the end of the year. Okay. Who the hell is this for? 
because we're all like we're, we're not beyond grown men we're like we're almost into middle age and we're having these these specials that are like some of them made sense at the time but in this case it was just like i don't understand the point of this like this is power rangers is literally for kids and it's a thing where it's like to have a special one oh yeah and they only had like two they just had the blue ranger and the the black ranger and of course sadly r.i.p to tommy uh or uh, jason david frank but they didn't even have amy joe johnson who was the pink ranger it's like what what is this for who is this for and so that's what i was kind of questioning like netflix just releases stuff and and it's like nobody watches it and then it's like it goes away and it's like it's kind of like when netflix first started they they had a lot of good quality shows and it's like since then it's like eh it's a lot of crap it's a lot of crap and it's like the more content you have the the more granted it's like that goes with anything the quality is just going to just kind of go to the middle and it's like it's gonna feel kind of like you know you know it like it's it hasn't peaked it's like it's it's hit a it's it's kind of just like it's in this dump and it's like it's never gonna get to that same level again and that works for the ringer and bill since he left espn in a lot of ways yeah Yeah, they served a bunch of junk on the website and it was bad and now they're just a podcast company (laughs) basically uh bob's gotta run yeah let's call it yeah that was fun gents um any any closing words none here um, I guess I'll just use my phone for the tech, so we avoid technical difficulties. Yeah, we for, really uh, man, I'm sorry. No, no, this this will be good. And then, yeah, closing words for the listeners: um, like us, subscribe to us, follow us on Twitter. R the letter R, Bill Simmons Pod, and uh, we're always looking for to do mailbags, listener interactions. So if you and if you even want to be in the pod, come through. We'll chat if you if you have a hot Bill Simmons take or two. By all means, we are more than happy and willing to have you on the pod. So with that, uh, enjoy the gentlemen, and we'll, uh, we'll see you again shortly. See you, Jokers. Right. See you, Tribe. Peace. Peace. All right.